Good morning, church. It is so good to see you and worship with you here on live stream. Thank you so much for taking your time to worship with us this morning. Before we get started with our service and with the message, I just want to encourage you today to reach out to us. If maybe this is your first time listening to us or attending a worship service with us, we ask that you text the word NEW to the phone number 828-373-1940. Because we want to reach out to you, maybe get some information from you, but let you know what it means to maybe join our church, to become part of Pole Creek. We'd love to send you a gift and minister to you in any way that we can. Also today, we want to encourage you to share your prayer requests with us. We know that the reality of what's going on in our society is gripping the hearts of many and causing many to struggle during this time. So we want to reach out to you in any way that we can, but most importantly, we want to pray for you. So if you would like to share your prayer request with us, or maybe you want someone to minister to you, text the word PRAY to that same phone number you see there on the screen, 828-373-1940. We just want to minister to our community, especially during these difficult times. Again, thank you. And if you have any needs that you may have throughout the week even, continue to use those text messages. Continue to reach out to us. And also feel free to call our church office at 828-667-4053. So today's message I'm very excited about as we have been going through our new purpose statement and our new mission statement. Well, today we want to start to talk about our core values What are our core values, and how are they going to propel us into ministry into the future? Core values are very important in any organization, and I believe that as the church moves forward, they're even more important for us. So today we're going to go through part one of our core values in our series, Who Are We? So if you will, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 17, and we're going to begin in verse 10. Acts chapter 17 beginning in verse 10. I'll give you a quick moment there to flip to that place as we begin to read God's word. So beginning in verse 10 of chapter 17 in Acts, the Bible says this, As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of prominent Greek women as well as men. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for your word today. Lord, we are thankful that you have preserved it for us. God, that it is your truth, absolutely. That as we read the words in this Bible, it is as though you are speaking them to us today. So God, as Pole Creek looks at what our core values are as we move forward into the future, Lord, I pray that we would establish our foundation in a way, God, that even in tumultuous times and even in difficult times, Lord Jesus, that we will stick to our values and that we will continue to move forward upon the truth of your precious word. Dear God, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to ask you a question. Most of you are going to have no clue what the answer is, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What is the smoothest riding car of all times? You heard me right. What is the smoothest riding car of all time? You know, as a teenage boy, the last thing you want is a smooth riding car, right? You want a jacked up truck, big mud tires. That's all you care about, a sports car that's fast. You don't care about smooth rides, but the older you get, the more and more you really want a car that rides smoothly. 
A car that can absorb the bumps in the roads. And living in the great state of North Carolina, we know that potholes are not so uncommon. Can I get an amen? So a smooth riding car is important. But I want us to look through the eyes of our core values today and compare them to what a smooth riding car is. The answer to the question, the Lincoln Town Car. They don't even make this car anymore. But everyone knows that a Lincoln Town Car stretches from me to the back of the church massive boats that just glide down the interstate. And if there are potholes, you don't feel them. The things are beautiful, beautiful cars. But the beauty of a smooth-riding car is that it protects the contents inside the car. In other words, I can be riding through a bumpy environment, and I'm in a Lincoln Town car, and the environment seems smoother because of the car that I'm riding in. Now, go back, jump in a Jeep Wrangler. Start going down the interstate. You're going to literally feel every single bump in the road. So core values are similar to a Lincoln Town Car. Did you know that? Because core values give us a set of values that allow us to navigate difficult times in as smooth a way as possible. There are going to be several times, we've seen this already, and we're going to continue to see this as pilgrims in this world, that as our environment changes, and as the world changes, and as people's minds change, and as the spirit of the Antichrist grows more and more strongly, there are going to be several outside factors that will try to knock us around and bump us around and cause us to question what we're doing. But see, core values are this, that as we start going down a bumpy road, as the environment around us begins to pressure us and try to shake us and try to shake us to the core, our values are what we will rely on to help us stay the course through the difficult times. They will protect our innermost contents just like that Lincoln Town Car. So here's a good definition, I believe, of what core values are. Core values are the fundamental beliefs of a person or an organization, the fundamental beliefs of a person or an organization. These guiding principles dictate behavior and can help people understand the difference between right and wrong. Core values also help companies to determine if they are on the right path and fulfilling their goals by creating an unwavering guide. Now, I want to be very clear here that I understand the church is not a business. The church is not a company. The church is not here to make money or to provide some sort of a service. The church is the living body of Christ here on earth, the, the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I've said in weeks past is, is that we can take business principles and we can apply them to how we operate as a church in a way that helps us focus on the truths of God's word and the mission that God has set before us as a church. The mission to evangelize the world and to disciple our own people to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. So what I want us to look at today is Pole Creek's core values. And these are not Pole Creek's core values because I said they are. They're not Pole Creek's core values because it was in a book somewhere. These are Pole Creek's core values, number one, because they are biblical. And number two, because I believe it exemplifies the character and the tradition of Pole Creek Baptist Church. Now, if you're out there listening and you're not familiar with our church, our church is over 100 years old. And our church has a long history of more than a century of preaching the Word of God to the Candler community and beyond. 
a long tradition of pastors who stand behind the pulpit and unapologetically preach the word of God as it is, regardless of popular opinion or regardless of our society around us. That is who Pole Creek is, and I believe that it is seen in our core values. So we're going to have six core values as we move forward, six values that are going to guide us as we move into 2021 and beyond with the gospel. Our first core value is Scripture. Scripture is our foundation. It's number one for a reason, because it is the utmost important reason why we're here. The Word of God as spoken in the Bible is our guide and our understanding of revealed truth. The Bible contains everything within its pages that we need to live in this life and to honor God. Secondly, prayer. Prayer is one of our core values. Prayer is our lifeline. Prayer is how we are able to communicate to our God. Prayer is how we are able to plead with our God in times of need and even in times when we just want to relate to him and love on him. Thirdly, excellence is one of our core values. Excellence is our standard. And we need to understand that if we cannot do something to an excellent standard, then we should not do it. We are doing something to the Lord. We are uh, serving this world in order to reflect the God of heaven. And if we cannot do something with excellency, then we should not do it. Fourthly is our family. The family is our structure. And we know that in this day and age that the family unit as prescribed in the Bible is under attack. That a one woman, one man marriage in covenant relationship uh, as being witnessed by God and their family is not something that is favored anymore. It's actually something that is looked at as old-timey or traditional. Well, I want you to know that Pole Creek stands on the family as prescribed in Scripture, that marriage is indeed between one man and one woman in a covenant relationship, and that that is the only acceptable means by which a sexual relationship should be had and children should be conceived. Fifthly, our community. Community is one of our core values. Community is our people, who we are, who sits in our auditorium and worships with us. Our community is the neighborhoods around us, those up Milk Sick Cove and Hooker's Gap, those on Justice Ridge, those in the Candler area. These are our people, and these are of utmost importance to our church. And lastly, globe. Our globe is one of our core values. Our globe is our calling. We know that based upon the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, that God has called us to make disciples of all nations. And here at Pole Creek, we take that to heart as we continually support and aid and partner with missionaries all over planet Earth. And we have committed to send our people as well all over this planet that people might be born again through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, as we think through these core values, I want to focus on the first three for the purpose of this message. The first three core values that I mentioned. And I don't want you, again, I want you to understand that these core values are just not something that looks neat. They're not something that sounds great, but they are biblical. They're absolutely biblical and they are gonna help propel us in a way that will reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first core value that I want us to go into depth with is scripture. Scripture being our foundation. And as you just heard, as I read Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 12, we saw that there was a group of people that Paul and Silas encountered. See, Paul and Silas had come 
uh, basically coming from a, a great journey of suffering. They had been beaten and imprisoned. Uh, eventually, they were finally released because of them being Roman citizens and the governing bodies of that area were fearful of that. So they finally released Paul and Silas after you know, horrendously beating them and then releasing them. And Paul and Silas come to this town named Berea. And they find something very interesting about the Bereans that they had not necessarily seen so much before. And it was that they were dedicated to searching out the Scriptures. Now remember, there is a reason that Scripture is our very first core value. It is because it is the bedrock on which we stand as a church and on which we must stand as believers. The Word of God is unchanging. We know that the Word of God endures forever. When everything else dissolves and burns up, the Word of God, the truth of God, His absolute truth will remain forever. All of our values stem from what we understand Scripture to be. Scripture dictates our worldview and how we view every aspect of life. Here, Luke commends the Bereans because of their devotion to searching the Scriptures. Did you hear what it said there in verse 11? The pe- in Acts 17, verse 11, "...the people were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the Scriptures daily to see if these things were so." And what did that produce in that group of people? Verse 12, Consequently, many of them believed, including a number of the prominent Greek women as well as men. See, these were a people who understood the importance of searching out the Scriptures. I think one thing that is just so detrimental to the church today, and one reason why the church at large is so weak, is because the people of God do not search out the Scriptures. You'll have a preacher like me standing up somewhere, and we begin to preach, and the people just take every word that the preacher says for truth. That is dangerous. We must be a people who think so highly of Scripture that we not only hear it preached, but we study it ourselves to the extent that when a lie is being proclaimed or when something that is not truthful is being said, we immediately know. And the reason we know is because we have held it to such a high standard, we regard it in our heart and we study it to see if what is being said is truth. My friends, that is the only way to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ is we must be students of the Word of God. And as Pole Creek moves forward into 2021 in a very difficult time in our nation and in our world, we must always adhere to our core value that Scripture is our foundation. I am so thankful that God has given us absolute truth encompassed in the 66 books of the Holy Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I am so thankful that when society begins to tell me something that I understand it's contradictory to the word of God, that God has instilled me an understanding of truth that I know that I should reject what society is saying about that particular issue. And if you fall into deception in the, in the schemes of the devil and what's going on in our world today, the reason that you may fall into deception is because you have refused to study the Scriptures. You know, one thing I'd like to challenge you to do is this. Figure up how much time you spend on a news app, on Facebook, on email, whatever, takes up a lot of your time there on your cell phone or on your iPad. And I want you to devote that to Scripture. Take that time that you spend on a weekly basis in all the mess of the world and devote it to the scriptures. 
And I promise you that it will change your life like you cannot imagine. That God will speak to you and give you comfort and he will settle your heart and give you peace in a time in our history when we probably should not have peace. He will give you peace when it doesn't make sense if you are willing to invest in and structure yourself in the reading of God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 say this. I want you to listen carefully. Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to fight about words. This is useless and leads to the ruin of those who listen. Be diligent to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Avoid irreverent and empty speech, since those who engage in it will produce even more godlessness. And their teaching will spread like gangrene. Hymenius and Philetus are among them. They have departed from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and are ruining the faith of some. See, here Paul in the letter to Timothy, here in 2 Timothy, is imploring Timothy to remind the people this very truth that I'm speaking of. That they must be people who study the scriptures. Who study the truth of God's word so that when the irreverent and the foolish and the mindless speech starts coming their way, they're able to decipher it and to reject it. To decipher it and reject it. And the reason that they're able to do that is because they have taken time to study the word of God. Pole Creek must be a church that is always founded on Scripture, that it must always be our foundation. And when something goes against the Scripture, when something goes against God's Word, we will adamantly reject it as a church. We will not give place to it. We will not compromise with it because the Word of God is our absolute foundation as a church. It is our first and foremost core value. The truth does matter. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of how many times something may be proven otherwise and people continue to carry on their own narratives in society, the truth actually still matters. The truth is still actually very important to God and to the people of God. And you know how we can dictate truth? God's word is truth. God's word doesn't just contain truth. I want you to very carefully hear me here. God's word is not just an inspirational book that gives you some good ways to live maybe, but God's word in its entirety and in its fullness is truth. John chapter 17 verse 17 says this, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. You know when Jesus said this in John 17, 17, he was praying to God the Father and he was saying, God, as I know my time is coming near to die on the cross and rise from the dead and ascend to heaven, I ask you, God, that these disciples that I leave behind, that you would sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify, in other words, set them apart, God, mold them and fashion them into the men you've called them to be. And then he says that the truth is God's word. Your word is truth. Today we know that the word of God is truth. Not what the Democratic Party says. Not what the Republican Party says. Not what any given politician says. Or any news outlet says. Or any book or teacher or anyone else says. God's word is truth. God's word and God's word alone. So that leads us into our next core value that I want us to talk about today. 
And as we just talked about Jesus praying to the Father on behalf of his disciples, I want us to look at prayer as being our lifeline at Pole Creek Baptist Church. One of those fundamental values that we hold dear that allow us to propel ourselves in ministry into the future. One of those kind of like that Lincoln Town Car that insulate us from the, the turmoil of the world and allow us to stay focused on God's mission when we adhere to them. Prayer. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. And I want us to see what God's Word says about prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14. The Bible says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. With all that being said, verse 16, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. You know, one question I have for you this morning, church, is do we utilize our lifeline? When you think about prayer, you think about the beauty of it. And I don't think that we probably focus on it and meditate on what it means to be able to pray like we should. Prayer is essentially the ability for a sinner like me to talk to the holy creator of the universe. Unhindered, perfect, clear communication. Here we know that we can approach the throne of grace. And the Bible doesn't just say to approach it, but that we can boldly approach the throne of grace, God's throne, because we've been born again, because we have been washed in the blood. So since we've been washed in the blood of Jesus and we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we now, based upon the holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, can come into the presence of the God of heaven without any shame, boldly, and make requests to the God of heaven. Can, can you imagine a sinner like me, I can make a request to the God of heaven. I can talk to the God of heaven. I can pour my heart out to the God of heaven. That is truly our lifeline as believers and as a church, and we must continually utilize it. Why do you think our lives are so delinquent when it comes to prayer? Why do we fail to utilize it? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I believe that we've got so many idols in our lives nowadays that God's people, or the, at least those who claim to be God's people, have turned to idols and worshipped things of this life. We've gotten ourselves so focused on this world and what's going on in this world that we forget the only one that can help us, and that is the God of heaven. We failed to utilize the fact that we can pray and we can talk to the God of heaven, and instead we'd rather listen to Dr. Phil or Oprah. We'd rather turn on Joel Osteen and, get, and feel good about ourselves when the God of heaven has opened the door for us to be able to boldly approach the throne of grace. How foolish for us not to take advantage of our lifeline which is prayer. We wring our hands in anxiety, but yet the God of heaven is saying, why don't you talk to me about it? We want to post on Facebook all day long and document every stage of our lives on Facebook and spend hours and hours and hours doing these things, when in reality, the only thing that's going to fix our problems, the only thing that's going to give us grace and mercy in our time of need is if we approach the throne of grace, the path that was paved because the Lord Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, but yet we foolishly neglect prayer. 
Well, Pole Creek, we cannot know, we cannot any longer be a church that neglects prayer. I cannot be someone who neglects prayer in my life, and you cannot either. We must hold prayer as one of our, our core values. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 39 say this. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. What did Jesus do when he was sorrowful and troubled, I wonder? He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little further, this is what Jesus did. He fell face down and prayed. What did he say? My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but yet not as I will, but as you will. What a better example in the world than the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was in anguish, when he was feeling anxiety about what was about to come his way, about what was about to transpire, he fell on his face and prayed to his Father in heaven. And he did it in such a way that he made a request known to God. What did he say? Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass for me. In other words, God, I am in so much anguish and so much turmoil and so much sadness. Lord, if it be your will, would you please take this from me? But then he resolved in himself, not my will, God, but your will. What if we as a people today had the same heart as Jesus? That when we start getting stressed, when we start feeling depression or anxiety, we fell on our face and we asked God to take it away from us. But then we trust God so much and resolve in our hearts that God, you know what though? If you choose not to take it from me, that's okay. Because I trust you with all my heart. Prayer has got to be our core value. It's got to be our lifeline and we must honor it as such. We cannot expect God to save souls if we are not going to take time to get in our prayer closet and ask God to convict sinners in our neighborhood, if we are not willing to get in our prayer closet and ask God to put an anointing on each one of us, that when we go out, that we have such a compassion and burden for lost souls that we cannot encounter another person without sharing the Lord Jesus Christ with them when we have that opportunity. We must pray. We must pray. It is our lifeline. And thirdly today, this third core value that I want us to discuss is excellence. Excellence. Excellence is our standard. If you will, turn with me in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to begin in verse 17 in Colossians chapter 3. Excellence, our third core value. It's our standard. Chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. The Bible says this. And whatever you do... In word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then we go on down to verses 23 and 24 of that same chapter, beginning in verse 23. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. You know, as a church, there are a lot of things that we can do. Tons of activities that we can participate in. Tons of things that we can ask our people to participate in and to give to. Does that mean that we should do all of them? Does that mean that every single time 
an idea is raised or an opportunity is seen that we should jump on it and do it or jump on it and take it? No. We have got to understand that we have a set of values that help guide us in the activities that we should engage in as a church and the activities that we should not engage in as a church. And as a staff and as your pastors and ministers and office staff, something that we do not like to do, sometimes we've done it in the past and we've seen the consequences of it, is to haphazardly do something without proper planning and without proper understanding and prayer of what we're about to get into. When you throw something together and it's not done well and it's not done to the standard of excellence, a few things happen. God can still use it, don't get me wrong. But a lot of times it conveys that we do not take what we're doing seriously. It conveys that maybe God is not important enough for us to do everything that we do with complete excellence. So we as a church, in understanding our core values, scripture and prayer and excellency, we have to understand that if we have, are given an opportunity or if we're asked to do something and we know that we cannot do it to a standard of excellence, we should not do it. Did you hear what the Bible says? Remember, we're not serving a human authority. We're not serving some sort of, a, of an ideology or a principle or morality. No, we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. If you go back there to verse 23, what does the Bible say? Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Well, my friends, if I'm going to do something for the Lord, I need to do it with excellence which means it needs to be done well. It needs to be well planned, it needs to be well funded, and it needs to be done for the idea and understanding that it will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in the mission that he has set out before us and in the worship of his name. You know, yesterday I had the absolute honor to preach at the funeral of the late Hallie Shaver, a beloved member here at Pole Creek. You know, one thing that we were able to say about Hallie is that when he did something for the Lord, he did it with excellence. As our usher chair leader, as someone who organized those ushers every single week, he made sure that those guys understood the importance of what they were doing, made sure they were here on time, made sure they knew exactly what to do so that when the time came for them to do their duties, they did it to the best of their ability. He was a man who knew that when you do something for God, you do it with excellence. Verse 24 of Colossians chapter 3, what does that say? Knowing that you will receive the reward of inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. I think that's important for us as a church to remember. That in anything that we do, that we are serving the Lord Christ. The God of heaven. The one in John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know who the Word is? the one who became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. Our creator, the one who gives us life, the one who puts air in your lungs, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb. I think he is worthy that when we do something for him, that we do it to a standard of excellence. And excellence must be one of our core values. So to what degree of quality can we do the Lord's work? Well, believe me, when he gives us the power and the calling and the leading to do something, I assure you that he will give us everything we need to do it well and to do it to a standard of excellence. 
It's important to remember that. So those are those first three core values that I wanted to talk to you today about. And those core values that will lead us into the future as we continue to do ministry. Today we talked about scripture, we talked about prayer, and we talked about excellence. Now once we get through this sermon series of who are we, we're going to be sure to have a page on our website dedicated to these statements that we're going to allow to guide us moving into the future. Our purpose statement, our mission statement, our core values, and what I'll share with you in a couple of weeks, our vision statement. And as we move forward, we are going to prioritize certain things that we feel God has led us to do. And we're going to devote our time and our resources to achieving these goals for the kingdom of God so that as many people as possible will be saved. That one day when we stand before Jesus in heaven, that we can say, Lord, we did all we could while we had the time to do it. Before I close today, I want to take a moment to speak about what's going on in our nation and in our world. My buddy Levi actually turned me on to a podcast. It's done by Duck Dynasty guys, um, a few of uh, Phil and Jace and a couple of those guys. It's called Unashamed, or Unashamed is what it's called. And they were talking about a few things about what's going on in our society. And you're probably a little bit concerned because I'm getting um, my ideas and things like that from Duck Dynasty. But those guys are solid in their beliefs. And what they were talking about was conspiracy theories. That's right, conspiracy theories. And they begin to talk about what a conspiracy theory is through the eyes of the Bible. And I'll admit to you that I have been uh, uh, guilty of falling into believing some conspiracy theories. And they are running rampant right now and have been for probably the last four or five months. But conspiracy theories are dangerous. And God has revealed that to my heart and has revealed to me that I need to be careful how much of myself I invest in these conspiracy theories that are floating around. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 12 says this, Do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. You know, I guess it was maybe about October, maybe even September, there was this video going around, I think it was on YouTube, and there was a pastor up in Kentucky And he began to make these claims about a dream that he had and saying that essentially that the United Nations peacekeepers were going to be landing in the United States in the month of November because of the turmoil from the elections and because of a great uprising of the people within this country. You know what's interesting about those conspiracy theories? The time that they say it's going to happen comes and it goes and it doesn't come true. Just a few days ago, you probably saw another conspiracy theory where there was a video on Facebook, where this gentleman was claiming that martial law was going to be implemented here in our nation, that you need to go buy groceries, that you need to go top your gas tanks off, that you need to get ready and hunker down because all these things are coming our way. My friends, those are conspiracy theories. And the more time that you invest in these conspiracy theories, the less time you rely on the Lord Jesus Christ. You begin to get caught up in a lie And it deceives you and it it wraps you up and it binds you in a way that takes you away from the mission that God has set before you. And I want to make this clear today because I think this idea of America and America being above everything and America being essential to the work of God, we have got to understand that God does not need America. That God does not need any particular president. That Donald Trump is not my savior. Joe Biden is not my savior. No congressman is my savior. 
The Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. And today, God is working and God is in control and God is orchestrating everything that needs to be done in order to fulfill his end goal. And it's just like the late Billy Graham said, I read the end of the book and I know how this thing's going to turn out. And God does not need America to do that. Today, let's get our eyes off of America. Let's get our eyes off of America's greatness and put our eyes on the greatness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you today that if you put your hope and your assurance and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will not be dissatisfied. You will not be disappointed. I promise you the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. And today, regardless of what's being said, regardless of what happens, he is in control. Today, don't put your trust in the news media. Don't put your trust in what happens on the day of inauguration. Put your trust in the one who died and rose again so that you can be saved. Today, I want to thank you for taking your time to worship with us here at Pole Creek. We are committed to assembling ourselves together according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And as the cases began to rise in our area, we decided to take a couple of weeks off in order to try to spread people out, in order to take proper precautions. But I promise you that that is not the norm here at Pole Creek and that you can be updated very, very often on our website based on what we're going to be doing for our worship services. Also, we will be in touch with you this coming week about what next Sunday's worship service is going to look like. We'll be sure to communicate with you, but remember to continue to look at our website. We'll be sending out emails and one calls as well. And we hope that you will continue to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to share something with you here because I think it is very, very important for us to remember that isolation is a real problem. Before the service today, as we were live stream only, there was someone who came to the front door of the church. And as we opened the door and we talked with this gentleman, he was almost in tears. He said, man, I'm just trying to find a church to go to today. He said, I'm by myself and I need to be around people. So as we move forward and as we consider what we need to do as a church, we need to remember those people who are out there who need to be around God's children. And I believe that we can achieve all things. I believe that we can achieve safety, but we can also achieve the mandate in Scripture for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So I want you to think about this week. Keep your ears open, and I promise you we'll let you know as time moves forward. And before we close in prayer, I just want to remind you today that you can reach out to us. Even in the midst of this crisis that we're facing as a nation, we still want to minister to you. We still want to pray for you. So today, you may be one of those individuals who you are just distraught. You are suffering from anxiety or depression. You are just struggling with what's going on. We want you to reach out to us so we can pray for you. So that same phone number, I want you to write this phone number down. It's right there on your screen, 828-373-1940. If there's something you need, to, need prayer about, text the word PRAY to that phone number. You'll receive a link, and you can share some information with us. So we can pray for you, and we can minister to you. Today, maybe, through the preaching of God's word, you understood your need for, need for Jesus Christ. You understood that you're a sinner and that Jesus died and rose again, and today you're ready to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, you can simply text the word SAVED to that same phone number. Text the word SAVED to 828-373-1940.
When you get that link, share some information and we'll contact you about counseling you into what it means to be a Christian and also what maybe your next steps are if you've already accepted the Lord Jesus. And lastly, maybe you want to get involved here at Pole Creek. Maybe you want to see what it means to join our church. Maybe you want to be connected with a small group. Well, you can use that same phone number and simply text the word CONNECT to that number and you'll get a link, share some information with us, and we'll get in touch with you about how, what it means to join our church and also what it means to be a part of a small group here at Pole Creek Baptist. I want to encourage you this week as you walk through life to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't believe everything you hear. Keep your eyes focused on him, and I promise you that he will see his people through. Let's pray. God, we are so thankful for this day. We are so thankful, Lord, for your word. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, that you are still in control, that we've had good presidents before and we've had bad presidents before, that the nation of the United States has done well and it's done poorly, that your scripture teaches us that you raise up nations and you bring them down, but yet that never thwarts your plans, Lord. Because you don't need a particular country to achieve your will. You don't need a particular man to achieve your will. But God, you are in complete control. And today we honor you as our God and as our King and as our Creator. Today, God, we pray for all those out there who are struggling right now. Whether it be financially or whether it be health or whether it be mental or emotional health. God, we pray that you would touch them. That you would use Pole Creek to minister to them today. And Lord, most of all, we pray that if there be anyone under the sound of my voice today, who has never accepted you, Lord Jesus, as their Savior. God, I pray that you would convict them. Holy Spirit, visit them, show them their need. And today, God, I pray that they would repent of their sins, that they would turn from themselves and turn to you, Jesus, based upon the fact that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead. God, we love you and we thank you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.